Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Roads, Roads on the Air podcast. podcast, where we bring the roundtable organization of abstract discussions at Millersville University to the airwaves right here on 91.7 FM WIXQ The Ville. Radical, renowned, real college radio. But what is Rhodes? This organization seeks to bring students of various faiths, backgrounds, and experiences together to engage in civil discourse, grow in their spiritual identities, learn from others of differing beliefs, and develop strong relationships through building community. But why is this important for our campus, and how do we get here on WIXQ The Ville? Rhodes wants to create a space for intersectional dialogue, a chance to freely exchange ideas, an opportunity to realize there is way more that unites us than divides us, and ultimately encourage people to go out into the world bringing that open-minded, empathetic perspective and strengthen spiritual identity with them. We are here to present ideas, not to push them, and we want to build bridges between diverse communities to ultimately promote spiritual wellness from an individual level to the community level. We want to build better roads and bridges than PennDOT ever could. So in an effort to continue that mission, Rhodes has struck up a partnership with WIXQ The Ville to take our discussions on the air and bring this content to you wherever you are, whether you're a student, parent, or community member. I'm Josh Marzak. I'm Mark Schell. And I'm Jay Handy. And together we look forward to really diving into these topics throughout this semester, get to the heart of the matter on a range of ideas, bring in some special guests from our community, and maybe you'll even learn something new. So sit back, relax, and enjoy Rhodes, Rhodes on, on the, the Air. air. Welcome, welcome, everyone, to another week of Roads on the Air, our podcast discussion show that we have here on WIXQ. I'm here with my lovely folks, Mark and Jay, hello, and we've got hello. a special guest hello. today. Woo-hoo. We have several guests, but we'll get to that later. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, So let's just, uh, how is everyone feeling? How's everyone feeling? It's a new day. It's a great day to be a marauder. Oh, well. <laughs> it's kind of kind of cloudy out, so maybe a bit bit tired. Maybe it's a little overcast. Yeah, it's, it's a, a crazy day to see clouds. It's a crazy <laughs> it day. Is. It is. It's cloudy with a chance of talk show. <laughs> that was a choice. <laughs> it was a choice. We live with our choices. He woke mm-hmm. up and chose violence. That, yeah. I'm not Miller in Seville. Oh, oh God. No. Miller, yeah. the Miller in Seville wake up and choose violence every day. Every day. So... For those of you who have never joined us before, we'll go around real quick and introduce ourselves. Mark, why don't you kick us off today? Sure. I'm Mark Shell. I am a student here at Millersville. I am a junior, and I'm studying to be a history professor. Nice. What's your major? Uh, secondary level social studies ed and a minor in cultural anthropology. Cool. Ooh, that's cool. All right. Cultural anthropology. Yeah. yeah. Jay, what about you? I'm a freshman special education major. Um, and I hope to, you know, work in a facility with kids who have superpowers. What, is, what does that mean? I don't think you've ever explained what superpowers means okay. before. So, like, when you have, like, kids who are navigating, like, having things that are just different about their brain or, like, behaviors or emotions and things like that, and it's hard for them to regulate it, instead of saying, like, it's a problem that they need to fix, um, the easiest way to get them to accept help or to like be okay with themselves and not you know like torture themselves over it is to say to change the the language around it so I use superpower in the sense of like you are different like you are unique in the sense of like you just have to work a little harder you know to you know I really like yourself I really like that yeah I like that Mm -hmm. too I'm Josh Marzak I graduated in 22 uh, from Millersville after spending way too long here, switching my major a thousand times, but 
I'm the campus minister for Rhodes. I help advise this wonderful group of students. Um, and I'm happy to be here. But what's really cool is we have we have a wonderful person on the couch today. Who are you? Well, hi, my name is Ash Ketchum, and I'm from Palatown, and I've been running around with Pikachu, and I finally found this random room, and hey, here I am today to talk to you lovely people on the radio, so, hi. <laughs> Gotta catch them all. <laughs> Wait, that was gold. Like, that was just too good. Uh, oh, my. That it was... <laughs> That was an experience. Mm -hmm. um. In all seriousness, I'm Carly. I don't go here. I go to Lancaster Bible College. I'm a freshman in media arts production. Um, if you thought that impression was good, then I guess I can do voice impressions. And if not, um, pretend you never heard it. So there you go. <laughs> that leads into our, our icebreaker question. What's our icebreaker question today? We got, if you, could, if you could do an impression of anyone, who would it be? And if you can do it, can you demonstrate it? So Carly has already demonstrated. I can demonstrate it again. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Oh, my word. Wow. <laughs> Carly and I have talked at length about her Ash Ketchum impression mm -hmm. is so great. It's so accurate, too. Like, you gotta bro's channel been, that inner 10 year old. Bro's been 10 years old for like 30 years. Like, no, literally. <laughs> He's caught in a loop. He's caught in a loop. <laughs> oh, no. Can anyone else do any impressions? I'll be Penny the Fish. Nice. Today, for four hours straight, I stared at my sticky note. The next day, I got stuck in the shark. And then I ate rocks. You know what she did yesterday? She was trying to do a flip. Like she was trying to flip yeah. herself over and she got herself stuck in the plant in the corner. <laughs> yes. Like literally she was stuck for a whole 10 seconds. She was like wriggling out and she got stuck. Oh, I have a, <laughs> I'm Penny. And instead of swimming through the trees that I'm like floating in between, I'm going to back out and go over them. <laughs> She's got the reverse beeping, like the commercial vans. <laughs> yes. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Penny is a fish at the hub. And, uh, Jay, how would you maybe best describe Penny in polite terms? <laughs> she's dumb as a doorknob, but sweet <laughs> as a cookie. Like, she's, she's T-shirt takeaway. Aw. <laughs> she eats rocks and runs up to you, well, swims up to you. If you talk to her. Yeah, Penny's the fish that Rhodes adopted back in 2022. Um, and she's been a staple of the hub ever since. Well, her predecessor died the first day, but Aww. this is Penny 2.0. Um, but, yeah, I... <laughs> so we've got Carly as Ash Ketchum. We've got Jay, who's the fish. <laughs> Mark, what do you got? Do you have any impressions up your sleeve? Alright, so I oh think gosh. I could do at least one. Uh, you ever play Mortal Kombat before? Okay. Yeah. Do you know when they're about to do a finishing move, the guy says, finish him? Yeah. <laughs> In the really deep voice? Yeah. Alright, let me see. Hold on. Finish him. Wait, that's whoa, pretty good. Whoa, that's pretty good. Him. That was accurate. Okay. Get over here. <laughs> finish him. <laughs> I, I got... I got an impression that I've recently been working on mm. um, from It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, I, I've been polishing up my Jimmy Stewart. 
Oh, yes. Um, Carly remembers I did this at her house the other day. Well, the other day was like three weeks ago, but that's fine. It's the other day. Um, shout out to Catherine, who always says that. The other day is either between yesterday or 10,000 BC. It's, but it's the other day. Oh, gosh. Um, well, don't, don't you know, I, I, I run... Bailey's building alone, and I I, 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 I was looking for, a, this is supposed to be about for falls, and I, Mr. Potter, you're just a terrible human being. You're just a square. Oh, my gosh. Wow. That is awesome. L-O-L. You know what? I got another Tank Dempsey from Call of Duty. Tank Dempsey. Oh, my God. He was a character. So, all right. Oorah. Oh, my gosh. Well, oh now my. that we have sufficiently gotten our laughs and giggles out, we have we have quite a topic today. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, this is going to be like a roller. I feel like this is just get, like we were up here, like at like up high with like the positive emotions, but the topic is like down here with like the sad. It's stuff. definitely it's a heavier topic. Mm-hmm. I think it's the heaviest topic that we've dealt with this semester so far. Yeah, we're going to be talking about suffering. The mood just fluctuated. <laughs> <laughs> the, the room just changed. Mic but, drop. But, the energy. But, the vibe. But we're we're going to talk about suffering today right so we've got really cool questions planned we're we're gonna dive in we're gonna dive in all the way into this topic that that really pervades the world right i i'm curious what is what is everyone's first thoughts when you think about this topic like what do you want to get out of the conversation today what do you what do you what do you want to know what are you thinking about so i can start i think some things like that i think about are like is there a single definition of suffering or is it like person by person like is there something that is like suffering is blank objectively um or is it like suffering is this to a person Mm, okay i mean i i'd say uh yeah i'd say like we all experience suffering in like one way or another you know it's a it's a you I, I feel like it's a, a universal human experience but and i'm probably gonna bring this up like multiple times i imagine you know, suffering for one person may not look like suffering for another. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we all, you know, it's uniquely, or not unique, but it's, as humans, I think we all experience suffering in one form or another. So I, I think it is, like, it's just something, you know, to be expected in life. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really good that you brought that up, especially because we're going we're gonna to talk about that later. <laughs> we're going to talk about, like, how suffering can be different mm. what different forms of suffering can exist mm. and that's going to be that's going to be really interesting I, I mean it's it's i mean carly carly you've got you got some things go mm-hmm. ahead go ahead kind of to build off of that like suffering is very real it happens it exists and we just like like i don't know it can be really easy to just be like oh yes i'm suffering but i'm gonna pretend that i'm not because i don't want to deal with it and i'm gonna put on a face that like i'm all good and then people will just say, like, oh, yeah, you're fine. And then, like, really, you're just, like, dying inside. So, mm-hmm. like, instead of being, like, okay, let's push this on the side table and not deal with it because I don't want to deal with it. Like, opening up the conversation of, like, okay, so what is suffering? Why is it happening? And how do we not just, like, respond and acknowledge it, but also, like, find redemption and restoration and healing through suffering? So, it's very interesting stuff. Yeah, that's... That's good stuff right there. I, I mean, like, like you said, like it's real. We, our world has a lot of problems. I mean, like we, a, we've a got a lot of a, a lot, lot is of an understatement. Yeah, we've got a lot of bad stuff that happens, mm-hmm. right? Some bad stuff, but 
we this is an important conversation. Mm-hmm. This is an important conversation of how do we get through that? Absolutely. Because I, I could say that, like, I mean, feel free to disagree with me, but every person in this room has experienced suffering in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it depends on the definition. It depends on the experience. But we've all been touched by brokenness. Mm-hmm. And, like, we have to have this conversation because we need to be able to work through that in a healthy and sustainable way. Absolutely. Right? And and two weeks ago, we talked about, like, truth and morality. We talked about some immoral things that can happen in life, right? And, and defined what moral and immoral is. And last week, we talked about forgiveness, right? How we forgive people for wronging us. Mm. This week, we can kind of talk about how we go through suffering with our spiritual identities as a guide. Mm. Right? Like, okay. I can't think of a way that people can... Well, I don't know if I want to go into this now. It's, gonna, it's a little early for I that. But say. like, how people... I mean, maybe this is a question we'll ask later, right? How can people get through suffering without having a spiritual identity? Mm. Right? Or if they're Ooh. not spiritually well, like our first episode when we were talking about spiritual wellness, right? Can someone be spiritually unwell? And if they are, how do they respond to trauma or to difficulties in life or to stress or anxiety or depression? How do they respond to those things if they're not spiritually well in that wellness wheel? All right, you know what? I think I'm going to write that down. Because <laughs> that's a, no, that's a good. I feel like that's that a that is a very deep question. I'd say I think that'd be good to come back to. Yeah, I think that's a really good yeah. question. Yeah, I mean, like it's. It's definitely we've got we've got some questions planned. We've got some questions planned. We've got gosh, we've there's so we have this document that we use like to plan out like how we're going to work through each of these topics. When I tell you this is probably the most we've had in a single section. Yeah. <laughs> bricks upon like, bricks of bricks text. Bricks upon bricks <laughs> of text. 2 hours is not enough. I don't think 2 hours is enough for us. Um, <laughs> but you live and you learn. We do live and we learn. Maybe next year we get three hours, right? Maybe we. <laughs> oh, dang. We do. We, we do. We we could have done that for the truth podcast, and we could have oh, done that yeah. for forgiveness. We could have filled another hour. Yeah. We we definitely could have filled another hour. We could have filled the whole podcast with one question, like <laughs> literally. <laughs> I mean, but that's that's what we're here trying to do. Isn't it? Like, we're trying to, like like our intro says, we want to get to the heart of the matter on all of these topics. These are topics, these are questions that we don't normally get to ask. We don't normally get to talk about, right? We're trying to pick difficult topics, difficult things. And that's what we're trying to do here, right? Mm -hmm. Any other first thoughts as we go into this conversation? I think suffering builds character. I feel like... There's no person in the world that can say that they've never f- experienced something that caused them discomfort, um, long-term discomfort, or like just deep discomfort. Because I can, I think that can be a definition of suffering, also. Mm. Yeah, we're gonna get into that. We're gonna get into that for sure. Well, we've got a commercial. And after this commercial, we're going to hear some some messages from the partners at WIXQ and, and people in our community. And we'll be back diving into our first question right after this. Stay tuned. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. 
And we're back. Welcome. And we're back. We have so much to cover today. So much. We're talking about suffering. And we came up with an activity, right? So normally in Rhodes discussions, we do activities. Um, It's kind of like an introduction to the topic to get us thinking about it. Um, And I was doing some research on types of activities that would work for a conversation like this. And one really stood out. It's called the circle of perspectives activity. And so we're we're not going to like spend too much time on it, but I want to narrate through it like if you would like to do it on your own time. Say you're listening on the streaming services after we're live or say you're listening right now and you have a pen and paper. Grab a pen and paper. Uh, draw a circle on it. Right? A nice big circle. And write things about a trauma that you may have gone through, uh, that you remember. Memories, worries, what you see, what you hear, what you smell. Trauma dump it. Yeah, like write about a trauma, write things about a trauma or a bad experience that you've gone through. And feel free to put some details in there, right? Then flip the paper over and draw another circle. Only put one label in there for the trauma, like a title of it, right? And then write a bunch of other good things that are in your life, maybe happy memories, positive traits, maybe they're related to that situation. Maybe you can try and um, take a wider perspective on that experience and see if there was other good things that happened or just general good things in your life in this second circle. Right, happy memories, positive traits. It's pretty simple, but it draws attention to the fact that we shouldn't ignore suffering in our lives. That's why we still put the label of it in that second circle, but we can broaden our view to a larger picture. Right? You can look at more than just that. Like sometimes difficult things are really overwhelming, and sometimes it takes up our entire view. We're like, we're going to be overwhelmed by this one thing. But we have to remember that we're really dynamic and complex beings, and we have a lot of stuff in our lives. Some of it's not good, but some of it is good, right? And when we approach this conversation today, I mean, like, the first question, like this block, we're going to talk about what is suffering? How do we define it? And can one person call something suffering, but another call it something different? That's this block. All right. And I I don't know who wants to who wants to start with this one. I feel like I'm I'm going to field it to our guest. Uh Oh wow. Carly, I not to put you on the spot, but Carly, what, what is suffering? Suffering? Okay. So I looked it up on Google because, you know, you got to start not the- Bing or Yahoo. No, not Yahoo or Bing. Those are not great choices. But Mm. the Google says, (laughs) like, the simplest way to strip it down is that suffering is pain Mm. and pain and distress and hardship, which breeds imperfection, Mm. and that infests and feeds on conflict, disorder, all sorts of things like that, disunity. The list goes on. It breaks and it takes. And that's what creates the nature of suffering. But then, yeah, I think the weird thing, though, with it is, like, some people will see something as suffering and other people will look at that and go, oh no, that's fine. That's just healthy competition. That's a challenge. Mm. So like, depending on your perspective of it, like one person could be like, oh, this is so hard. I'm suffering really bad right now. And someone else is like, I see this as a challenge. This is exciting. Let's do this. So it gets into this weird muddled, like what is suffering actually? Like it 
very much depends on who you are and how you're perceiving things. Because, like, how you choose to, like, perceive something will, like, determine, like, are you seeing this as you're suffering or are you seeing this as, oh, this is just, like, a challenge and, like, it's not, like, that bad. But, like, I don't know if that makes any sense. It does. It really does. (laughs) I mean, like, there's... It's important that we kind of stress sensitivity on this, right? Mm -hmm. Um, There's a wide breadth of experiences and philosophies on this topic, whether it's Google or whether it's, uh, you know... Religion. Religion, whether it's Mm -hmm. psychology, Mm -hmm. right? There's a lot of different perspectives on what suffering is. But I I think, like, most people can agree that there's a dichotomy of good and evil in this, right? In the world. Evil has its negative influences and good balances it out. But it's interesting to consider that there are different classifications when one person experiences a thing and someone else experiences the same thing right i really liked that you said suffering is pain because Mm -hmm. suffering is pain right that's That's so Mm -hmm. true but some people will view pain as an opportunity Right? Yeah. Like, no pain, no gain, right? Like, if it ain't hurting in the gym, like, you're not doing it right. Like, like it's situational kind of or something. It's situational. Or and, personal. And, you know, as the friendly neighborhood Catholic. Because um, <laughs> every week I'm always like, well, you know, as the resident Catholic, right? Um, I, I, when, I, when, when I sat down with this, right, I, I looked at the saints. I looked at the martyrs, right? I looked at Ooh. people who have been tortured, fed to lions, boiled in oil, and those who have suffered from cancer, leprosy, like serious suffering, Mm -hmm. most in the name of their faith, Mm -hmm. and others just because that was their lot Mm -hmm. in life. And they used their spiritual expression, their faith, they called it service, they called it worship, they called it penance. Right. And like I I, I literally I was talking with Jay on the car ride over here. I found a couple quotes from a few notable saints um, that really, 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 really highlight this. Um, And I'll just like rattle them off really quick. They're short. But like um, St. Ignatius of Loyola said, if God gives you an abundant harvest of trials, it is a sign of great holiness, which he desires you to attain. Right. Hmm. Right. St. Teresa of Avila, blessed be he who came into the world for no other purpose than to suffer. One must not think that a person who is suffering is not praying. He is offering up his sufferings to God, and many a time he is praying much more truly than one who goes away by himself and meditates his head off. And if he has squeezed out a few tears, thinks that is his prayer. And lastly, St. John Vianney, who's like a real powerhouse for us Catholics, right? He said, whether we will or not, we must suffer. There are two ways of suffering, to suffer with love and to suffer without love. The saints suffered everything with joy, patience, and perseverance because they loved. As for us, we suffer with anger, vexation, and weariness because we do not love. If we loved God, we should love crosses. We should wish for them. We should take pleasure in them. Wow. Yeah. These are, these are people who endured so much and yet they saw and this is getting into a later topic so I'm not going to touch on it just yet but they saw suffering as good as having a purpose in their lives mm-hmm. right I mean I'd say the uh, I mean the one thing I was going to say it was um, 
Yeah, I mean, one thing that you sort of made me think of was how, like, in the past, people would consider suffering a sign of, like, maybe a curse or something, or, like, God is, you know, dis- displeased with them, so, you know, they're suffering for things, but, like, how, I guess, maybe other people could see it as a sign of, like, you know, God... Uh, I think I heard something recently that, uh, it was, I forget who said it, but it was something like God doesn't give you, uh, trials that, you know, he knows you can't complete or something, or he mm-hmm. doesn't give you tasks that are like too big for you to, that are ultimately too big for you to, to complete. So, um, yeah, I'd say, uh, you know, some people, I guess now would consider suffering a, uh, a positive sign that God, you know, is testing them that, you know, he, uh, you know, he sees the uh, the strength in them to be able to overcome different challenges. So I'd say, like, in that sense, it could be, a, you know, it could be a blessing, depending on how you look at it. Yeah, I think that what's interesting is I was reading Romans in the car, right? Um, and so some there's a couple of things that I found, like, really important. But, like, one of the main things that I found important was Romans eight eighteen, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us mm-hmm. um and I think we often are like you know we go off we live off of the as Christians we live off the like notion of God gives his hardest battles to his strongest soldiers mm-hmm. um and t-shirt takeaway yeah <laughs> and with that I kind of think that this is reflective of that in the sense of like we are not like things suffering and tribulations that we experience in the flesh are none in compared to the glory or the the reward that we are getting um in the afterlife and like and this is like a test of trust i think a lot of tribulations are a test of trust um and reliance on god a lot of the time um and so this is something I think that influences, like suffering is something I think influences, at least for me, um, how stable and how firm I am in my beliefs and my religion. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I do, you know, there is actually a definition that I kind of came up with that I feel like it's a very raw definition, but uh, I, I think it still might be useful for this t- or this conversation. I'd say suffering is the absence, experiencing the absence of what's good. Oh, when you think about that, that's so, a t-shirt takeaway right there. Yeah, so I suffering like that a lot. Suffering is experiencing the absence of what is good. So I feel like, um, you know, not only is I guess good air quotes like in that in that circumstance good can be considered i guess uh subjective because like you know if something feels good to one person it may not feel good to another like if you if you eat a food that you absolutely love but someone else you know if they had to eat the same food and they absolutely hate it you know they may not with vegetables yeah literally they, they may not consider that good so i would say like in that sense the person who is eating the food that they don't like they're experiencing the absence of what is good and in that context, what is good would be a food that they do actually like, I guess. Can I build with you for a second on that? Sure. Okay, so hear me out, right? All four of us are Christians of some form, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we, we all subscribe to a Christian ideology of some form, right? We have this concept of heaven and hell, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people say that hell is like eternal suffering or eternal torment physical place conscious eternal and a lot of people describe it as very hot there's flames there's fire every time you see it in books or movies it's like it's Mm. it's hot it's fire like dante's inferno or something i'm gonna push back on that 
Ooh. Okay. okay. Don't do it. I will pull out my geology. Your geology from my geology lecture from two Tuesdays ago. So, <laughs> hell is not hot. It's okay. absolute no. zero. No, 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 no. Hear me out. Oh, it's Hear cold. Me out. Yeah. It's absolute zero. Right. Mm. When you experience something that's really, really cold, mm-hmm. right? It can still burn you, mm. right? Oh, like dry ice. You're, or something. like dry. If you were to touch dry ice with your hand, or if you were to put your hand in liquid nitrogen, oh yeah, the you nitrogen. would have the same symptoms as burns, mm. right? We have not found absolute zero anywhere in the universe. We've gotten really close outside of solar systems. You're giving me side eye, Jay. Oh my gosh, no, but like outside of solar systems, outside of stars. We have found close to cold temperatures, close to absolute zero, but we can't find it in nature because technically from a physics standpoint, we can't reach absolute zero. We can't have all motion of molecules stop. Mm -hmm. But the reason why I think that hell is cold, and then from the Catholic perspective, purgatory is actually the fire that purifies and helps things, but that's a whole other conversation. We'll save that for a future episode because we're going to be talking about death in the afterlife in a few weeks. But... um, it's cold because it's the only place in all of existence, in all of reality, that people are absent, like the, the people who are there, are absent from the presence of God. They're missing the good. The presence of God, it's the only place in all of existence that God is not there. Mm-hmm. And if God is good, all good, God mm-hmm. is the standard for good, mm-hmm. then if good is not there, then mm-hmm. that's why it's eternal suffering. So that's why what you said really like struck and clicked. Really resonated with because you. Because I yeah. was like, oh, that's so good. It's the absence of good. Thank you. I, I feel like when it comes to definitions, like I, I sometimes I guess try to do like a very raw definition of something mm-hmm. sometimes. And this just, I don't know, like when I just try to think of suffering in the most basic terms, I guess it's like, yeah, suffering, you know, it's experiencing something bad. But I guess in order to like experience something bad, it's like maybe you have to have the absence of what's good or I don't know, now, maybe you can have something good and you also experience it opens like, a can of worms the presence of something bad. Like it opens a can of worms because if your definition is the absence of something good or the absence of good, mm-hmm. then can you experience suffering on earth if good exists on earth? That's yeah. what I was gonna say. I was gonna challenge your definition a little bit of like so at at LVC we have one week a year missions conference and mm-hmm. so this year last week actually we just had missions people come in and we had different speakers talk the one panel i was in um there were three different missionaries from different parts of overseas and they were talking about like difficulties and trials so like ultimately they're suffering but then also like so like when they were asked about their time and their mission they also were like talking about the pure genuine joy that they were feeling even though they were faced with all this hardship and the one guy was talking about how his two daughters would get harassed because it was like a culture where women were not very like prominent so like Mm. they had a lot of suffering but also like they came out of that place and they were like experiencing this true joy not like stale forced happiness but like actual like zeal Mm. so like like suffering is the absence of good is like a really good definition like in an eternal spectrum kind of like what you were saying but also like for here does that mean that we don't like not that we don't have suffering because suffering is still very real but like i don't know like suffering in the absence of good like god is still here he is still good and if we are like trusting him 
he carries us through our suffering. So like, yeah. That's true. So I, so you're actually making me like want to backpedal essentially like on <laughs> on the original. I'd say I because like I'm also thinking like, well, even if you're not experiencing like if we're talking in the present moment, not the eternals, you know, eternal sense like you just mm-hmm. mentioned, I'd say. I might want to rework the definition to being suffering is experiencing what is bad because part of me thinks like well you know if you're you know if suffering is the experiencing a loss of what is good you can be in a neutral standpoint where you're not experiencing the bad or the good you're just neutral you're just you know you're just Mm. vibing essentially but could that be considered suffering in an eternal standpoint, I feel so, but for where we are, like, right now in the world, like, where we are, like, right here on Earth, I'd say that active suffering, you know what, I feel like you could go both ways. I'd say at least it's safe to say that suffering in maybe both contexts is experiencing what is bad, but I'd see how you could make an argument maybe for both sides as to how like being neutral like not experiencing the good or the bad is a form of suffering so really quickly i know if i was to survey 20 college students on millageville campus they would say that feeling they would rather feel bad than to feel nothing Oh what? Ooh. No, 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 no. That makes sense. They Why would, would you? I've feel, talked to people. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. They would rather feel the bad, and they would rather feel whatever they're going to experience that's bad than to be numb. I'd and rather feel nothing. Oh, uh, honestly, I feel like personally, I'd rather be numb. I'd rather feel nothing really? than ex- than experience. I mean, I guess well, maybe see, it depends on context or like the circumstance. But that's so cool that you mentioned that because. This is just highlighting the fact that people have different definitions of what suffering is. Mm -hmm. One person can see suffering as suffering. Another person can see suffering as not suffering. And like, Mm -hmm. this actually reminds me of a really cool story because we had a, we had the in-person version of this discussion at a Rhodes meeting earlier this semester. We, we tackled this topic and we had two students. I'm not going to name their names, but like we had two students who were both adopted from another country, the same country. And they they told their story in a way. One of them told their story, and they described the fact that they were adopted um, as a great trial in their life, as suffering. Mm. And, like, they they really, like... One described that experience as suffering because of unanswered questions and struggles with identity and feeling like they weren't wanted, and that was that was really tough for them growing up. And the other student who was in the same room, adopted from the same country, who had relatively similar experiences. I mean, not the same. There's obviously differences and variables. But uh, the other student described it as a good experience. And he viewed it as an opportunity. He didn't consider those questions as important or burdensome. Mm. He basically let go of those questions and did not view them as suffering, right? So neither student's experiences are any less valid or true, right? Mm -hmm. Both experiences are valid. You know what? They both experienced the same type of suffering, but viewed it differently. And it, it kind of highlighted this concept of like different definitions in a real and tangible way. That, like, people can classify things differently. 
I mean, like, we we have more to talk about on this question, I think, but we got to go to commercial real quick. But when we come back, we can wrap up this topic or this um, this question, this block. And two hours is not enough. Two hours is not <laughs> enough. But we'll come back and then we'll dive into our next block, which is just as powerful. So I hope you'll stay with us here on WIXQ. We'll see you in a few. Hi, I'm Jacob Marino, the director of The Hub at Millersville University. And I'm Vicki Weber, the assistant director. So what is The Hub? Some of you may know or have been to one of its free meals or events, but for those of you who don't know, The Hub is an independent nonprofit mission partnered with Millersville University that serves students in many ways, but ultimately is a space for mind, body, heart, and soul. The Hub offers a variety of spaces to study, meet new people, hang out, play board games and video games, or grab a quick cup of coffee to go. In addition, there are free meals hosted there throughout the week, like free lunches held from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. every Tuesday and Thursday, French Toast Friday from 9 p.m. to midnight, and a few other opportunities throughout the week you should definitely keep an eye out for. The other main support measure for students in need is the Campus Cupboard, a self-service food pantry for students experiencing food insecurity of any kind. Food insecurity is a real threat on college campuses, and a survey conducted in 2019 showed that almost one-third of college students are food insecure or near food insecure. The Hub and its Campus Cupboard seek to fight against that statistic by providing non-perishable food, fresh produce, and even basic hygiene products that are free to all current Millersville University students. We also have a variety of other services such as professional clothing available for internships and interviews, a crisis fund for students experiencing significant emergencies, and an awesome opportunity for volunteer service hours and federal work-study positions as well. So if you ever want to check out The Hub, we're open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. at the A-Frame building on George Street. You can also connect with us on social media at Hub at MU. Come see for yourself and experience how we continue our mission of loving students, meeting needs, and building community on this campus. We're back. Hello. Hello. Oh, yeah. So we're in our next block. We've got really cool questions. I keep saying that. I need to stop saying that. <laughs> but like, I'm just so pumped for this topic today because it's like, we have such good content. Um, we're, we're looking at the following questions, right? For this block. What is the source of suffering in the world and why does it exist? Is the cause of suffering rooted in a single source or does it change over the course of our lives? Mm. Right. And I, 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 I'm going to start with this one, right? I'm going to lead us into a, a real quick clip that I found. Um, but to tee it up, right? I believe that God allows suffering. He allows it. He doesn't cause it. He allows it. He could take it away, but he doesn't, because even though he doesn't make the suffering happen, right, he tries to preserve the free will mm. of us, right? We have free will, we're human beings, you know, that's just, that's just where we're at with that. Um, but I found a clip, I literally just typed in what is suffering in YouTube, and this was the first video that came up, and I had to take a snippet of it. Um, it's from Father Mike Schmitz. Um, and he's talking about the DC Comics series, Injustice. Oh, gosh. And, uh, and how it relates to the reason why God allows suffering. So let's just take a listen to that, and then we'll come back and, and really just dive into this one. Okay? For Superman saying, you know what? I'm powerful enough to, to eliminate evil. I'm powerful enough to eliminate all these people who are doing um, these bad things. Like... I'm fast enough, powerful enough, strong enough, all these kind of things that I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to eliminate crime. 
And so he does that. And he becomes a totalitarian dictator. The whole concept is, here's good Superman, right? Good Superman, who's super powerful, who says, I'm going to use it. I'm going to use my almost unlimited power to stop bad things happening. And in the process, ends up ceasing to be good because he takes away everyone's freedom, which is so the concept of injustice is here's Superman and all people on his side, and here's Batman who says, no, that's totalitarianism, and it's evil. He says, but I'm, but I'm eliminating all crime. Yes, but you're eliminating all freedom as well. Because if we're going to have the freedom to be, uh, to be good, we also have to have the freedom to be evil. And without the freedom to choose evil, we actually don't have the freedom. We don't have freedom at all. We don't have the ability to be great. And God has made us to be great. And that's the, that's the thing. And they, so, so say someone says, how can God be good and still allow these evil things to happen? Well, look at the DC Comics series of Injustice. If God were to be like Superman in this case and say, you know, that's it, no more evil, no more suffering, no more death, I'm taking it all away, he would also have to take away our freedom. What are our thoughts? What are our thoughts? It reminds me of something that I think maybe Frank Turek said that like, you know, if, uh, you know, God wanted, if God were to get rid of everyone who uh, does bad things, like none of us would be here. Because we've all done bad things. Yeah. So it kind of makes me think of that, you know, like if he, you know, if he wanted to do away with it, like, you know, no person on earth, there would be no people on earth. I feel like it kind of goes back to what you were saying. Like, if you, God allows suffering so that free will can exist. And now I see that those things have to happen together. Like, because if you just had free will and there were no natural consequences then what, what's the point, right? What's the point of reality? There's no natural, con- there's no give or take, there's no push and pull, there's just neutral. You're, there's never an elevation or de-escalation. You're just there. You're numb. Yeah, mm. you're at zero. You're at zero. Yeah. What is the, uh, the resident Catholic thing? <laughs> so I, okay. I have a, one of my favorite movies of all time. It's based on a book. It's called The Shack. Mm. Have any of you seen it? Mm-mm. No. Have any of you read it? I've heard no. you talk about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I never stopped talking about The Shack. No, The Shack was written by William Paul Young, and he they made a movie about it a few years ago. It is a very, very powerful story. Basically, this guy, um, Mac, he loses his daughter. His daughter is kidnapped and killed. His young daughter, she's like five or six years old, something like that, on a camping trip. He momentarily lost sight of her, and she got snatched, and then she ended up dead. And his whole life changed at that moment. Like, he retreated from parenting his other kids. He retreated from his wife. He really just, like, he struggled so much with that suffering. And then he ended up going on this trip... Uh, he went camping again. Uh, he went on a drive. He wanted to go fishing. And he was by himself. And he ended up finding this path. And he he ended up having this encounter with God. And God personified as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, but God is played by Octavia Spencer in this movie. And oh, she gosh. is wonderful. Wonderful in this role. Not Morgan Freeman? 
No, well, Morgan Freeman's God in every other movie. Yeah, literally. <laughs> what if Morgan Freeman and Betty White were like, you know, the mother and father of humanity? <laughs> oh my gosh. They that's are. that's a, a question for the icebreaker for next week. Uh, but um no, so but it was intentional to have God play a woman in this book because in that moment he needed a motherly figure to help mm. him through this. But basically, not to spoil anything, but he works through his troubles and he is trying to heal on this journey with God as he stays at this cabin for a few days and Octavia Spencer playing God says this quote right to him and he's just like how could you let this happen how could you let this happen and she's like you are free to love without an agenda that is free will just because I work incredible good out of unspeakable tragedies doesn't mean I orchestrate the tragedies. Mm. Don't ever assume that my using something means I caused it or that I need I need it to accomplish my purposes. Preach. Can I go? Can I go? Preach. Can I go? Yes, go ahead, Jay. Okay, so the Bible verse that I picked out that really nailed it to me for like nailed this topic for me was first Peter four nineteen. So then let those who suffer according to God's will entrust them to a faithful creator while doing what is good. He does not create that suffering. God hmm. does not he is not the he's not creating it for just to create it he's not creating it to cause torment to anyone he is allowing you to be comforted by him through it he is he is allowing you to trust him to get you through it he's giving you an outlet he's giving yeah he's giving you an outlet he's giving you a resource he's giving you a foundation mm-hmm. in that. that like suffering happens and in what he does with suffering is he gives you a foundation he gives you a security blanket that is like basically like Suffering is bad, but you're going to suffer. But here's the thing that can help you. I'm there for you. I will comfort you. I will be your foundation. I will guide you through it. Like, those are things that are, like, security for, like, from God to his children. Love that. Absolutely Mm. love Mm. that. Carly, what do you got? Yeah, what you think? (laughs) What do I got? Okay. Well, (laughs) I guess the one thing that relates the most at the moment is kind of like what you were saying of, like, um, God not always causing the suffering, but he still allows it to happen. Is like, if you look at the story of Job, so mm. like, Job is like this servant of God, right? And he's just like faithfully serving. And Satan comes up to God and is like, hey, you see that guy? And God's like, uh, yeah. And he's like, I want to go torment him real quick. Um, can I do that? The Gen Z version of the Bible. The Gen Z version. <laughs> if you go and read it, it's so much better than how I'm describing it. But essentially what happens is Satan goes to God and is like, I want to destroy this man's life. And God's like, okay, you can't like kill him, but like everything else is free reign. And so Satan goes and literally destroys everything he owns. He takes away his property. He takes away his children and then gives him physical agony. And then... All this time, his friends who are trying to comfort him are, like, accusing him of, like, well, you must have done something to cause all this, like, suffering on you. And, like, And that goes Job back to what anything. I said. Yeah. You know, people like, would think it, it was a, you know, it was a curse or something. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, like, no, Job didn't do anything, but Satan's just, like, attacking him. And it's like, um, like, God still allowed that suffering to happen, but that also doesn't mean that he abandoned Job while it was happening. So, like, the whole time that he's, like, losing all of his stuff, like, getting talked down to by his friends and all this stuff, he's still, like, 
remaining steadfast in God of like, okay, I don't know what you're doing, but you're working somehow. And so it's just like, I don't know, that's one thing. But I, also when thinking of like suffering, like we are in a broken world. Mm. So like from the moment Adam and Eve came and ate from the knowledge of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, everything in this world just kind of got tainted and corrupted by sin. And so then sin requires judgment from God. So then in Genesis 3, this really unpacks where he's like, all right, serpent, you deceived everyone. You're going to be on your belly on the earth for like the rest of your days. Go, go out. And that sucks for you. It, go read Genesis. It's really great. But um, yeah. And then for Adam and Eve, it's like, oh, Adam, you're going to have to, like, work the ground. It's going to be really hard. Eve, when you have children, it's going to suck. So, like, they're just right there. Like, okay, because you disobeyed and you did not listen and you chose to take that path of doing something outside of your design, you are going to have to suffer. However, like, we made the choice to suffer to begin with, so it's kind of our fault that we are feeling what we're feeling. Not that, like, this... Yeah, it's very complicated, but, like, ultimately we choose that how we're going to suffer. Essentially, not all the time. Now I'm just kind of going off, but it's, like, the way we choose to do things can, like, get us to a place of suffering. And depending on how we, like, dig ourselves down there, we can kind of get stuck in a pit of, like, well, now I don't know what to do. This is mm. horrid. So... So, you Jay, Jay, I need you to illustrate a concept for us that Carly just touched on, but I want you to take take this one real quick. Okay, so during our conversation um, earlier this semester, we had a conversation about suffering, and I was like, I feel like it, suffering is, there's different types of suffering. I think there's two main types, um, self-inflicted and external. So, like, so external will be a relationship with someone and it's like you say okay I don't like this thing and they're like okay and they keep doing it right and but it's like a relationship that you kind of can't break you cannot control what that person is doing but they are inflicting suffering onto you right um part of that like it is external right or maybe like an act of god like a like a tornado or a hurricane yeah, like, or something like that oh, yeah. oh i'm sorry i'm sorry okay no, go so ahead. like and and, <laughs> and how people deal with like external suffering looks different so like say you're in a really bad hurricane i was going to use hurricane katrina for example people the way people have reacted to it depending on where they were is that was considered suffering for them mm. right that what you have you lose everything and that is you can't control that right you couldn't you couldn't control that but now you have to pick up the pieces and deal with that which is suffering and then self-inflicted suffering is okay me and josh are friends and i'm like josh your sweatshirt is not is it's ugly um and josh is like i don't like when you say that and then i say okay and then the next day i'm like josh your sweatshirt's ugly it's like you're it's like okay you walk into a house um right it's a, you walk into a room of spiders right um and you know that there are spiders in that room right so they make you uncomfortable you leave and then you go back into the room of spiders right um, because expecting that the spiders right, weren't there. Expecting that the mm -hmm. right. So like it's self-inflicted suffering because you're putting yourself in that <laughs> position continuously. I came, I saw, and I returned. <laughs> like, right. Oh wait, I came, I saw, I left, and I returned. <laughs> yes. So it's like it's doing something that you know what the you know kind of know what the result is going to be, and you know it's not going to make you feel good. You know it's going to make you uncomfortable or be a 
inconvenience to you but you still do it and then you do it again and then you do it again and you're like okay well maybe the spiders might be gone so you take the chance all the time i i want to drop something really quick related to to what carly said about genesis Right. And then I also want to field it to you before we have to go. Oh, God, we have one minute. Well, OK, we'll say it right when we come back from commercial. OK, okay. I want you to talk about something else, but we'll come back, Mark. But oh, thank you. Um, Carly, I just want to, like, touch on it really briefly. Um, suffering can be an event, an illness, a car crash, a death, something external like what Jay was experiencing. Yeah. Right. Those are clearly defined. They're acute. They're caused by an event, something that happens. Mm -hmm. Suffering can also persist and continue long after the event has passed. Mm -hmm. An external suffering. mm, Okay. Something that's external to us because we weren't there was Adam and Eve's Mm. choice in the garden. Yeah. That suffering has persisted long after that acute event happened. Mm -hmm. That could be considered karma, but I I might get to that later. Exactly. That's what I want you to touch on was Mm. was kind of like a a Buddhist perspective um, or just Mm -hmm. the idea of karma, but like suffering can persist Mm. long after the event has passed. It's not just circumstances, but how you process and feel those events. So the source could be the event or the source could be the event percolating in our hearts like mm-hmm. it, it marinates it 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 develops over time so we've got the top of the hour we'll be right back after this mark's gonna mark's gonna drop some knowledge on us right when we get back from commercial so stay with us yeah welcome to the top of the hour on the roads on the air podcast listening if you're listening on 91.7 fm wixq the ville uh, if you're just joining us we're talking about the concept of suffering mm-hmm. and how our spiritual identities can can help us navigate that. Um, Mark, I want to field to you to wrap up a point from our earlier block, so yeah. just take it away. So, uh, just really quick, you know, answering the the question, you know, what is the origin of suffering or something from a Christian perspective? Mm-hmm. The devil, the fall, sin, what have you. Um, also, the story of Job, I think that was originally about, like, God testing, or, you know, seeing if Job was gonna, like, keep his faith. I'm sorry, I just, I just... Uh, Job. Job. Th- oh, yeah, great. Job, Job. Job. Keep going, keep going. Okay, and, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but the, uh, there's a Buddhist perspective that, you know, human wants and desires, that's, like, the ultimate cause of suffering, you know, the wanting of things. But in... I'm taking Eastern philosophy... Uh, and there is the the idea of karma, which probably a lot of you may have heard of. It's not simply just, you know, you get, you know, what goes around comes around. You get what you, you know, do essentially. Or it, It's not that. The idea of karma is that you, it is both a cause and the effect, I think. So the story of, I guess, like Adam and Eve, I guess that could be considered the the cause of you know the i guess maybe downfall of humanity for so long but it was also the effect of like a lie or something or like trickery or deception mm. so just the idea we're of, gonna get into that uh next week next okay. week when we talk about the origin of the universe oh gosh that, oh we need more than two hours that's for that. going to be a so phenomenal conversation please listen in guys but yeah just going off of that idea of like what karma is that it is both the the cause and the resulting effects from that cause essentially or something or the event and then the the uh the effects of that cause uh, I guess it can sort of go along with suffering. Like it has, you know, a law. It can snowball, essentially. You know, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. All right. Well, taking us into our next block, right? We've got 
more questions. Um, how can we use our spiritual identity to guide us in dealing with suffering in our lives and in the lives of those around us? How do you use your faith to show compassion to those who are suffering? And how do spiritual groups or organizations help those who are suffering if we have time? I, I want to start with a clip to kind of set the tone of this block. Um, it's from Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson's a pretty well-known commentator. He's spoken around the world. Um, he's got some really powerful insight. Uh, he was talking about suffering at a, I believe, a university gathering uh, one time a few years ago. So let's listen to this and we'll come back and, and debrief it. So you think, well, what do you do about that? Well, you accept it. That's what life is like. It's suffering. That's what the religious people have always said. Life is suffering. Yes. Well, who wants to admit that? Well, just think about it. Well, so what do you do in the face of that suffering? Try to reduce it. Start with yourself. So then you fix yourself up a little bit, kind of humbly, because, you know, God, you're a fixer-upper if there ever was one. Our society is complex, and we teach our students that they could just fix it. It's like, go fix a military helicopter and see how far you get with that. It's like, you're going to get to do. You're like a chimp with a wrench. Whack! Oh, look, it's better! It's like, no! It's not better. Things are complicated, and to fix things is really hard. And you have to be like... Uh, a golden tool to fix things, and you're not. I knew this guy, he'd been in a motorcycle accident and it really ruined him, and he was like a linesman, you know, working on the power, and he was working with someone who had Parkinson's disease, and they had complementary inadequacies, and so two of them could do the job of one person, and so they're out there fixing power lines in the freezing cold, despite the fact that one was three quarters wrecked with a motorcycle accident, and the other one had Parkinson's, it's like, that's how our civilization works. It's like, there's all these ruined people out there. They've got problems like you can't believe. Off they go to work and do things they don't even like. And look, the lights are on. My God, it's <laughs> unbelievable. It's, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. And we're so ungrateful. And then I've got this idea about what you might do about it, which isn't my idea. It's like, it's not my idea. It's an old, 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 old idea. It's far older than Christianity. It's old, it's the oldest story of mankind. Get yourself together. Transcend your suffering. See if you can be some kind of hero. Make the suffering in the world less. Well, that's the way forward, as far as I can tell, if there is any way forward. How do you overcome the suffering of life? Is be a better person. What are our thoughts? How do you be a better? I mean, uh, so that, okay, that is a can of worms. How do you be a better person? That is that is something. For I think it kind of touches on your karma idea, right? Like a little bit. Like he was definitely speaking from a more psychological perspective. He is a psychologist, um, and like what you were saying was like put good in the world, mm. and ultimately the effect of that is that suffering reduces. I think you can be like a better I think you could do better but being a better person in general mm. like that but that think, that's another topic I think pushing back on your statement uh, Mark I think that being a better person starts with making better choices mm. which is being proactive in thought which means that you're becoming a better person because you're being pro proactive in thought so your internal is becoming good so your external is putting out good which is so it's not like you know, it's not something that they're not separate. I think those two things go hand in hand because like 
I can say, okay, Josh, your sweatshirt is ugly. That's not nice. That's not putting good in the you world. You just have it out for a sweatshirt. The sweatshirts. <laughs> three weeks in a row, we've hated on the sweatshirts. <laughs> She's like, sending you a sign. So, like, being proactive in thought is, I, your sweatshirt is a nice sweatshirt for you. Mm. I'm complimenting the fact that you like your sweatshirt, right? I think it, it it's being proactive in thought and then making action based on that thought. So, like, that's becoming a better person. Yeah, I, I think, like, we talked about spiritual wellness, Right, we our did. first week. We did. Um, it, it, that's something that's important to note because we can use our spiritual identities and how well we may be as like a means to gauge how we respond to suffering. Right? If we're unwell, it's going to make it harder to deal with suffering. Mm-hmm. Like something that that Jordan said in that clip, we have to get ourselves together. And if we get ourselves together, we can deal with, this is part of the clip that I didn't get to include, but like he was talking about like, if you get yourself together, you can deal with someone dying. You can deal with unifying your family. You can deal with putting the funeral together or supporting your fellow people, like all those things. If we can stabilize ourselves and through a spiritual lens, right? If we stabilize our spiritual identity, right? We can reach out and fix the relationships that are in our lives and begin to ease suffering in the areas around us because we have a stable foundation. I, I'm going to throw this over to Carly. Because yeah. yeah. Carly's, Carly's, I'm just going to let Carly take probably three quarters of the rest of this block. Oh, goodness gracious. Just, just, just do your thing, Carly, because I know that you've got, this is the reason, like this section right here is the reason why we asked you for this program. Take it oh, away. Wow. Go yeah. ahead. All right, so... Yeah, like, without God, this is all from my perspective, duh. But yeah, so without God, it's kind of impossible to walk away from suffering and be fine. Mm. So when my father passed away, it was very sudden and just unexpected. So from the moment, it happened at, like, 3 a.m. Yeah, so from the moment I entered the kitchen, finding the scene playing out in front of me, to the EMS team coming and then finally calling the death, to the moment that we woke up, my brothers who for some reason were able to sleep through this whole thing and then told them what happened to the moment that my father's mother walked through our door and just started wailing i was just kind of numb and i did what i was told i tried not to think about what i was seeing i was just very shocked i'm the in fight or flight i just kind of froze until someone was like do this and then was like okay so it like like it wasn't real it couldn't be real and yet there i was and at one moment when I had to run upstairs and grab the phone and call 911, I just kind of had this moment where I just stopped for like two seconds and was like, oh God, please let him live. Like, let him live. Please don't let him die. And I was saying this. I'm like, please, please, please. Like, this is not happening. This will be fine. Like, just like that kind of hope. And then that did not happen. And so, I don't know. I was just in shock. But then also at the same time, it's like God was not surprised. Like, I was completely wrecked but god was not surprised through that because before i even existed before my father even existed god knew that this was going to happen and at one so at one point i snuck away into the bathroom after like everything was going down and i was washing off some blood on my hands from like so my dad like hit the floor and so like bloody nose anyways that's a little graphic for you guys sorry but so i was just kind of having this moment where i was like washing up and just kind of stopped myself and prayed and was like god you need to help me 
and walk with me because I cannot do this without you. Because I just was recognizing, like, I don't know how to deal with my father dying. And I was in 11th grade. Now I'm a freshman in college, so it's been a while. But it's just like, oh, goodness gracious. Like, how do you deal with something like this? You don't. And I was like, I don't know how to deal with something this big. Like, a huge chunk of my life just disappeared. And so I was like, God, you need to help me because I cannot do this. And so then I just let him carry me. Which doesn't mean that I didn't have trauma whenever other people's skin would touch mine for a really long time. It didn't mean that I wouldn't jump like a gun went off every time someone thudded onto the ground. Still to this day, that happens, but yeah. And then it also doesn't mean that I didn't succumb to emotional wreckage upon reading Frankenstein, which if you've read Frankenstein, it's just very, like, it can be graphic and just, ugh. Lots of, like, weird death stuff going on. So yeah, like, my life has changed, and now I carry a big part of that with me everywhere I go because I lost a father. But I also have God with me taking that burden alongside of me and making it lighter. He shows me goodness and mercy. He fills my life with joy through family and friendship, through creativity and opportunity, just all the gifts that he pours into my life. So through my suffering, he gave me a chance to share my faith with non-believing friends like literally a week later my friend was having her birthday party a week after this happened and she's like it's okay if you don't want to come I was like no I'll be there and so then of course they're like well how are you doing and I'm like let me tell you guys about Jesus because he's the only reason I'm able to be at this sleepover and not be like an emotional wreck can't function hiding in the dark crying depressed all that good stuff amazing so yeah, and he's still working, even though sometimes I'm feeling like, like I still like feel broken a lot of the time, but he still works and he's still good. So, um, there you go. So wow. something related to that, I went to a boarding school for high school um, and my roommate, her name, I'm not gonna say her name, but my roommate, <laughs> like I love her. Um, so we had spring break last year well my senior year and she came back from spring break but she came back a week late um she was traveling so we knew she was gonna be a day late and then she called us from the er and it was not good um she lost her dad and she did not know what was happening she was visiting him for a day because she was flying from out of the country uh into florida um, and so she was like a stop by, it was like a drive by, you know? Um, and that was hard for her. She was struggling. Obviously you you lost a parent, but it's also the fact that she was in her senior year. She's going through the college process and she still has to do this, these things because they're not going to happen. And I, in that moment, I was like, can I pray for you? We're praying together. And she, like, we go to sleep or whatever, and she wakes up at 3.34 in the morning, and she says, I'm okay. When she was a complete wreck and didn't know how she was going to do it, 3.30 in the morning, she woke me up and was like, I'm okay. The power of prayer. I'm going to be okay. The power of prayer and power of God. God won't let me fall. And she wasn't a believer. Wow. And I was like, that was... That was scary. That's mm-hmm. like radical change, but that, like good kind of scary. It was yeah. a good, but it's it, it is like it gave me chills. That's like radical change. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's 
So I'm like I'm I'm recovering from that. I I, so, I mean like I, I I I yeah. Mark Mark, take it away. Just Why? like oh, just like a second. Just like super quick. I just want to say like something. I think that helps me. Uh, you know, with suffering sometimes is just thinking that like you know maybe I'd say like. I'd say it's safe to say maybe like 99% of the suffering we are experiencing in this world is like not temporary. So it's like, it's not going to last forever, I'd say. Um, I mean, if you're talking about like spiritual stuff like that, it's, uh, I mean that... You're I, saying that 99% of the suffering that we experience is temporary? Yeah, like okay. maybe physical pain or like mental pain or something. Like mm-hmm. I'd say like maybe most of that is like only temporary. Like it's not going to last forever. Mm. So it's like, just remind yourself that like, you know... Um, it's not it's probably not permanent you know and kind of tying it to that earlier idea of like the acute uh event the external suffering that occurs and then the the self-inflicted part mm-hmm. of allowing it to take up residence mm-hmm. um but like, don't don't focus on the suffering focus on how to heal from it exactly i i mean i i think i'm not speaking about any one specific thing right but I, I know that some people will like like in the shack, right? Mm. He had taken on Mac had taken on the loss of his daughter. That was self-inflicted. He let the suffering get a permanent residence in his heart. Right? Wow. And and like I'm gonna kind of build off of your story a little bit, Carly, just uh-huh. because I obviously I did not know your father as well as you did, because you had 14 extra years with him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I did get to know him really well. Um, he was a huge mentor to me. Um, he's the reason why Rhodes exists uh, is literally because it was like, it was his idea. And we can actually attribute the reason why we're sitting here today <laughs> because of his idea, right? But he was very meaningful to me because he was like a father figure, Right? I didn't have a father growing up, and I never met my dad, and I, I didn't have the best male role models growing up either. Um, and then I met Ed, and he poured in, and he poured in, and then he stopped because he wasn't here anymore. Hmm. But something that... <laughs> Something that uh, a good friend of mine, who's actually going to be a future guest on this podcast in two weeks, told me uh, was that I have a really good memory, right? <laughs> when it works. <laughs> like, I can't remember anything from calculus class, but I can remember stuff like this. Um, and I was worried on the day that I went to his service, right, that, like, Ed wasn't going to be able to pour into me anymore. And then six months later, my internship coordinator, Renardo, um, he was the associate VP of student affairs here at Millersville. He also died very suddenly. So I lost the two major mentorship figures in my life in the same six-month period. I was like, they're not going to pour into me anymore. I'm not going to get that anymore. He's like, you've got a really good memory. They're still going to invest in you if you choose to remember what they told you in the past that hasn't even affected your life yet. Mm. Wow. Wow. And I was like, that was the day that I started healing from that loss. Mm T-shirt takeaway, maybe? (laughs) That's a big (laughs) T-shirt. But, like, the point is... I chose to not let the loss take up residence in my heart. Mm. 
Yeah. And that was the only way that I was able to heal from that. Because then it's like you're giving it too much power. Or exactly. Something. You're giving suffering more power than it deserves. More influence than... More influence than it deserves. Mm-hmm. Because we live and exist in a world with suffering, and we have our spiritual identities to guide us through that, right? But if we choose to let suffering take ownership at a higher level in our hearts, in our souls, in our minds, in our lives, it begins to eclipse the healing power that our spiritual identities can affect mm. on our hearts, our minds, our souls, our lives. It's about how much attention or influence or power you want to give it. Exactly. So we're up against a commercial break. <laughs> so we'll be back in a couple minutes. Time flies. Um, time, time flies. So we'll wrap up this segment and we'll come back after this. And we're back. Um, I just want... That was that was a really great block. Um, <laughs> still recovering, but um, I'm gonna field it to Carly real quick just to wrap up one point um, about community, uh, and then we'll go into our final block of questions. Yeah. So in terms of like how we help each other through our suffering, I think one of the biggest things that can help us is community. So uh, for Christians, that would be your church community and those people who you're with. So like when one person is stumbling, everyone else is kind of there to lift them up. Just like, yeah. So like, it doesn't even matter like what suffering you're going through, like anxiety, stress, addiction, like the list goes on. Like we shouldn't be ashamed to go to that church community and be like, guys, I am really struggling with this. And it's like, okay, let's go sit down. Let's have lunch, go to someone's house. Let's pray for each other. Let's be there for each other. So like, I don't know, in terms of like, if you are suffering, that's a really great way to show not only to show that you care, but also if you're suffering, a place to go to be like, hey, I need help. Please help me like get through what I'm going through. And that's part of the reason why that, that story that you told Jay about your friend was so powerful was because you were her community. Yeah. You were the support, yeah. right? Uh, uh, going into this next block, um, <sighs> <laughs> is suffering a foundation for choices? In life, does suffering serve a purpose? Like, is it necessary or or can it be eliminated, right? And if it can be, what would a world without suffering look like? All right, so going mostly off the last question, maybe, I'd say uh, I feel like people can't know what true good is without first having experienced suffering, or at least in many cases, it seems that suffering is what makes us want to cling to the good. Uh, also, you know, suffering can make people stronger. So, like, you know, what Kelly Clarkson said, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what I'd say. Um, I feel like suffering is a part of the foundation for life choices. Like, I feel like it's like looking... Okay, it's like looking at a, a spreadsheet, right? Okay, if I change this, this is what's going to happen. I think it's like you're weighing your options. I feel like there's going to be suffering regardless how do you make the suffering less impactful on your on yourself, right? Um, and in my family, we see a lot of, I personally, in my generation, my cousins have seen a lot of suffering. We have seen a lot of suffering caused by a lot of trauma, caused by a lot of choices. Um, and so part of s- suffering serving a purpose looks like it brought me and my cousins so much closer together. My cousin is 20 years older than me and 20 years older than me and 14 years older than me. And we are 
so close and that age gap doesn't mean a thing because of the suffering that my family has endured um and that looks and part of like the solution to that is like forgiveness forgiveness for me and my family is being the last in the line of suffering in my family like my generation is the last line of my family to be divided by suffering or by choices made or by trauma we are that we are not the first to not experience trauma or to to not have that passed down onto us but we are the last to have it passed on to us and to suffer like we're the last of that so the next generation now does not have to walk with the weight of four generations ahead they just have to handle their suffering and their trauma we are the last of passing on suffering and passing on trauma wow uh, I mean, I, I kind of want to dive into the, the is suffering necessary part of this block. Um, I mean, like, I, I one of my favorite shows I've ever seen is The Blacklist. Carly's we like, love yeah. The, blacklist. Yeah. We love the it. blacklist is so great. Raymond Reddington is just a fantastic character. Um, but I definitely urge everyone to check that show out. It's a lot to handle, but like... It's, it's definitely good, but one of the quotes that I remember from that show was Reddington basically saying, like, without pain, there can be no real pleasure. Without the lows, you have no way to measure the highs. Exactly. And like, that, that calls back to what Jay said earlier, was like, you know, some people may say they'd rather feel the lows than mm -hmm. feel than live in the middle. Yeah. Right? You were going to say something, Mark? Uh, just sort of like what I was going off of, like, I, you know, I don't know if people can really know what true good is without having first experiencing mm. suffering, you know. Mm -hmm. And like, I mean, does it serve a purpose, right? So if that's one of the purposes, maybe there's there's another purpose uh, to it. So I, I was doing some research for this topic ahead of time, and I, I came across, again, this is resident Catholic speaking, but uh, I came across this concept uh, known as the victim soul. And uh, Pope St. John Paul II wrote about this um, in 1984. Um, and he was talking about, like, in this, in this letter, he was talking about human suffering and redemption. And he described the relationship between the two realities of suffering and redemption from it, right? And one of the quotes, um, he said, the Redeemer, Jesus, suffered in place of man and for man. Every man has his own share in the redemption. Each one is also called to share in that suffering through which the redemption was accomplished. He is called to share in that suffering through which all human suffering has also been redeemed. In bringing about the redemption through suffering, Christ has also raised human suffering to the level of the redemption. Thus, each man in his suffering can also become a sharer in the redemptive suffering of Christ. There's a reason why John Paul II is <laughs> regarded as such a fantastic and influential pope. There's a reason why he was canonized as a saint. It's because he wrote stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, like, it's... it's, Yeah. Mm -hmm. That kind of reminds me of, like, John 15... 18 through 20 where Jesus is like if the world hates you know that it has hated me before it has hated you if you were of the world 
the world would love you as its own, but because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the words that I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. Of like, putting kind of that, not a calling to suffering, but just like Jesus telling us like, you are going to suffer in this world. Your life is not going to be easy. Like, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. I go to church on Sunday and then I just chill and like I play PS4, watch TV, go to work, make money. Yay. Like, it's going to be hard. Like, especially as Christians having a calling to bring Christ and the message of the gospel to the world. It's like, that's not an easy task, especially when like when you're trying to share, some people are like very closed off to these ideas of just like, no, I don't believe that. I don't want to hear it from you. And not everybody is like that, but, like, kind of going off of, like, the idea of missions, like I was saying earlier, like, in some closed-off countries, Christianity is illegal, so people are very closed off to that. And then, because of that, there's a lot of suffering that happens, but um, there will always be that suffering. But then, God also doesn't give us things that we can't handle, so that means that any suffering that we are going through is a part of His divine plan for our lives, for whatever reasons that He has and we don't get to know those a lot of the times. And sometimes it's hard to determine why bad things are happening. But yeah, and like even good people can be evil. And all of mankind, even us right now in this room, are like we're terrible people sometimes. And we've done like some pretty bad stuff. And we have some bad things of like like struggles, anxieties, whatever that we're working through too. And we all have our shortcomings. But our failure and suffering is no surprise to God. He takes that pain and hurt from our lives and then springs it to reflect his glory. And only when we open our eyes to see it do we fully experience the power and the restoration of Christ. So then, I guess also to go off of that, a world without suffering, like that idea, the only thing I could think of is heaven. Because, mm. like, if you think about it, like, while we're here, like, the world, like, there's no, there is always going to be sin here because Satan's, like, moving around like, hey... I want to make bad things happen. But like in heaven, it's like heaven is perfect because in the presence of God, there is no sin. It's like blameless and righteous and holy and just a good time. I, I want to build with you on that for a second. Yeah. That's the catchphrase of the day. Um, <laughs> like we've all seen the tropes in the media about the utopias, right? Whether it's movies or books, right? Is it possible to have a utopia when you have a broken civilization, when you have broken people? Like when Jordan Peterson was talking about the guy wrecked by a motorcycle and the guy with Parkinson's working on the lines. Like everyone is like that in one way or another. Everyone is broken, right? What kinds of suffering could still exist in that perfect world, right? That would be a question we would ask. Um, maybe if enough people believed and did good, right? Maybe it could. Maybe is the operative word. Um, but if we believe that humanity is broken, then it is impossible to truly eliminate suffering here. Mm -hmm. We can only pull on our th the things that we can control, the energy that we put out into the world, like when you're talking about karma or when you're talking about your spiritual wellness. Make sure you're on a stable foundation and maybe that will limit the amount of suffering that you potentially enter into creation. Mm. Right? I have a hot take, okay? Ooh. <laughs> Give it to us, Jay. Give it to us. As a believer, right? 
I still experience suffering. I know it's such like a wild idea, right? Um, <laughs> as a believer, I've been a believer all of my life and I have experienced a lot of suffering. And so the way I didn't always handle it in the most healthy way, right? You learn as a believer to depend on God because it makes the suffering less. Hmm. Say that again. So I don't know what I said. (laughs) (laughs) You when like when you suffer, right? As a believer, you through suffering, you learn how to depend on God because it makes the suffering less. It's like you're carrying half of the load that you would be carrying. Mm -hmm. I Mm. feel like what believers struggle with when trying to explain this to non-believers is like we're like God can make it better, right? But and that's what I always said is if you trust in God, he can help you through it and he can make it better. I don't know if it's making it better. I think it's making it less heavy and less intense because you have guidance and you have a security blanket. It's not just you carrying it, carrying everything, learning and then trying to do it all at the same time. There's someone telling you what to do, what is the right thing to do, how to do it. And you're not carrying the full load. I think that's why uh, Muslims uh, fast during Ramadan because they want to put their, they want to place their, I mean, from my understanding, they want to place their faith in God to get them through the day without, you know, food, uh, food or water. Mm-hmm. Um, but for Christians, I think it's more about, you know, uh, just self-denial in a sense, but I guess yeah. it could also be like. And we are coming up on Lent, which is our fasting oh, season. Gosh. Um, but also, I actually, day on I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to build something with you now. Um, no, I actually want to respond to something that you said. So, and this is, this is not necessarily something that I've talked about a lot. Um, but I'll, I'll talk about it with you guys. I, for, for a long time growing up, there was, there was a very specific thing that I struggled with. Um, I'm not going to get into details on it, but it was something that, really weighed me down and I considered suffering. I considered it was my cross, right? And I was very, very depressed, right? Very, very depressed because this situation wasn't getting better. A part of it was me because I was self-inflicting and making choices that actually made it worse. And I didn't really realize that it was making it worse, but there was an element of suffering in my life and it, it persists to this day, this personal thing that I'm going through. But I, I kind of resonated. No, I didn't kind of. I definitely resonated with Paul in 2 Corinthians or 1 Corinthians. No, it's 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 12, when he's like, I had a thorn in my side and I mm-hmm. asked God three times to take it away from me and he didn't. I literally did that. Like, I begged God, take this away from me. And he didn't. Right? And he didn't. And I was like, well, okay, well, now that we've established that you're not taking this away from me, at least right now, why the heck is it here? Mm-hmm. Right? And I, I I, heard, this was the first time that God ever spoke to me. Okay? And this is a story I haven't told hardly anyone, but God told me in that moment that I'm suffering in that moment. I am going through this thing (laughs) so that I could tell this story later. Wow. And this moment is telling that story 
That's impactful. Mm. Right. Wow. For wow. other people who worry that the things that they go through aren't worth it or are meaningless, everything that is in reality, in this universe, good, bad, or indifferent, has a purpose. Mm-hmm. Whether it is good, whether it is evil, whether it is edifying and uplifting, or whether it is suffering, it produces something. That's karma. <laughs> or that's what some people call karma anyway. Oh, That is tough to yes. navigate. I've dealt with a lot of suffering, and part of me is like, well, why? What did I do, right? It's like, what did I do? And And dealing with that is really hard. And like, telling the story like you know I've told you some stories um it is not easy um over winter break I had a conversation with my mom and she found out a lot of things that she's never heard before um that she didn't even expect me to say um and it's hard I'm at a place now where part of me holding myself accountable in my suffering is telling people why they play a role in my suffering. Mm. And that is a role in my, like, that is my accountability to myself through my suffering and forgiveness. Mm. This is a lot of great stuff. A lot of great points. Um, We're up against another commercial. It's our last commercial of our episode. We're going to come back for our final block wrap up some synthesizing ideas, do some t-shirt takeaways, some social media engagement from our Instagram poll, and wrap up this topic on suffering. We can't really fully wrap it up, but we're going to do our best to bookend this conversation. So come back in a few. Our final block is here. We've got some t-shirt takeaways, some social media engagement. Jay, what was our poll question this week? So, our poll question was, has suffering strengthened or weakened your spiritual identity? Did we get any responses? We did. Our Madam Prez. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Alexa. Alexa. She said, suffering left me weak in the moment, but grew my relationship with Christ more. And I I resonate with that because I was saying earlier that I think um, it teaches us as Christians and as believers to depend on God to get us through it. It teaches us. It teaches us that. So, yeah. So we have some more engagement from our community. We've got a wonderful thing from Carly's mom, Miss Vicki, Vicki Weber. What did she say to you, Carly? So I was kind of talking to her about the idea of suffering and like kind of giving her the rundown of what we would be talking about. And she's like, well, okay, one thing you need to bring up is Jesus suffering. And I was like, ooh, yeah, we totally forgot about that. Because, like, if you think about it, it's like, okay, Jesus was this perfect guy, lived this perfect life. Like, he did not do any sin, anything wrong ever at all in his entire life. And yet he chose to die and take on all of our crap so that we could live with him in eternity in heaven. And, like, when you think about it, it's like everything that you've ever gone through, any struggle that you will go through... And then the struggles of everyone else simultaneously on that cross were on him. And, like, if we think that we have it bad, like, that's, like, us times, like, the seven billion people on this earth If anyone's ever seen the movie The Passion, 
That is the physical representation of what he was going Mm -hmm. through. And look at how he responded to that. Look at how he reacted to that. Mm -hmm. Right? Turned the other cheek. Refused to dispute the lies that were said about him in court. And ultimately allowed that suffering to happen to him. Mm -hmm. He took it on so that we don't have to. Yeah. I also just thought of this, of like, he even like, like even before this though, he was like praying at Gethsemane of like, Father, if it's your will, take this cup away from me. Because he knew how hard it was going to be of like, people are going to beat you, they're going to mock you, they're going to kill you, and then they're going to be like, oh, if you're the Messiah, just like, save yourself. But like, he wasn't about to do that, so he's like, Father, take this cup away from me. But then, ultimately, he's like, your will be done. So he's like, if it's your will for me to go over there and get, like, crucified, so be it. For the sake of us. And, like, that is suffering on a whole other level. But also, like, the power of redemption and love of just, like, I love you so much that I'm going to die to save you for eternity. Mm. Like, wow. I also want to bring up something that we talked about at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. So every week we go to the we go to George's, George's family restaurant. This is not a paid promotion, but <laughs> that's where we go um, to kind of warm up for this conversation. And and like I I think I it wasn't a joke, but I made a comment about World War Two mm-hmm. um, and Germany, right? And and Germany as a country, right, caused a lot of suffering um, for those two great conflicts. Um, I mean, they started it, but no, I'm not going to be controversial. But no, Germany caused a lot of suffering. The leaders of that country caused a lot of suffering. Millions of people died and millions more lives were affected because of what happened there. Mm-hmm. And like the you brought up something about like the the minority of people who didn't like where their country was going. Yeah, because yeah. there were definitely at least 5% of the people in Germany that were like, Hello, what are you? No. And then I was like, and I was like, well, they're 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 getting killed. They're getting silenced, right? Like Mm -hmm. the people who are causing the suffering are silencing those good people who didn't like what was going on. What'd you say to me? I was the one thing I said. I was like, who are we to decide the purpose of our own suffering? Because like, are are you gonna let the suffering push the good out of you? Right? Like this, Mm -hmm. people suffering were pushing the good out of Germany. Because, like, ultimately, we get to choose. Like, okay, there's suffering in our life. We don't get to choose why it's there. So, like, like my dad died. Okay, what do I do with that? I don't get to choose. I mean, like, like God has the plan of how this is going to be used. And if I'm trusting him, walking with him, he will play it out. Otherwise, I'll just get stuck. And it won't really serve any purpose. Or it'll serve the purpose of destroying my life so like who are we to choose like the purpose of what is happening in our lives when our purpose is in christ instead and we don't have to let those experiences squash the good yeah we don't have to that's Mm -hmm. a that's the t-shirt takeaway i'm taking out from that taking away from that uh conversation definitely um a couple of other good things that we heard today was like mark's definition um from earlier I know we dove into it, but just the general, like, throw it on a shirt, experiencing the absence of what is good, even from an eternal perspective or maybe a temporal perspective. Like, that's a, that's a takeaway. 
Yeah, I'd say that, and uh, also just um, uh, what was it? You can't uh, actually here. I think I have it. Uh, you cannot. Oh yeah. So suffering is the thing that makes you, you know, experiencing suffering. That is what makes you want to cling to what is good. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, you can't know true good without experiencing suffering first. Exactly. Maybe. Yeah. So, some last thoughts as we wrap up this conversation. Who wants to give some last thoughts? Overall, I think suffering has a purpose, right? And as a believer, I think it is to draw closer to God. Like, I think uh, even though he doesn't create it, he uses it for the benefit of us, right? Um, And it doesn't seem like it because suffering hurts because it sucks, right? Um, It's hard to deal with, but God uses it to put us at an advantage with him or to show to use that to show um his grace with us like daniel he he used daniel's suffering and put and and daniel's possible like loss of life to show how faithful and what what like type of god he was it shows like the whole book of daniel shows god's character to a certain extent that i think is so out of this world right Daniel's put in so many different situations where he is actively suffering and God uses that to show how faithful he is to us. Mm. Yeah, I... So I have one last clip. It's only like 30 seconds long, but I think it really highlights this concept, right? It's Mm -hmm. from one of my favorite... It's my favorite MCU, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. We're bringing the superheroes back. We talked about DC earlier, now we're talking about Marvel. (laughs) Um, it's from WandaVision, right? Masterpiece of television. It really is. But there's a quote. Wanda's talking to Vision, and she's just talking about her grief, right? She's talking about her suffering, that it's just going to consume her. It's going to wash over her completely, and she doesn't know what to do with it. And Vision delivers the best line. And mind you, fun fact, it was, it was ad-libbed. Like, this was not in the script. The actor who played Vision, Paul Bettany, like, literally just pulled it out of thin air somewhere. Impromptu. Right? It was impromptu. So take a listen to this clip. It's just going to drown me. No. No, I won't. <laughs> How do you know? Well, because it can't all be sorrow, can it? I've always been alone, so I don't feel the lack it's all I've ever known. I've never experienced loss because I've never had a loved one to lose. But what is grief? If not love, persevering. What is grief if not love persevering? I, I think it illustrates loss so beautifully. Because like... You can't grieve someone if you didn't love them. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, you're not going to miss something you didn't love in cool. some way, shape, or form. Whether that's a person, a loved one, or a thing, or an experience, or a time in your life, or a feeling, or an emotion. You're not going to miss something if you didn't love it. Right? Yeah. And so, like, our, our spiritual identities help to create a lens for us to view suffering through. It's an ever-present constant 
in this world where evil just lives and exists and abounds. But the only way that we'll be able to endure what we suffer through is if we turn to a spiritual lens, right? In my case, a Catholic one, right? And we make sure that we don't let hardship and suffering overtake us because then we let it win. Mm. We don't want to let that win. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We don't want to put a tick in that column, right? That's that's ultimately what it comes down to. I, I yeah, I mean, what does everyone else have? Final thoughts. Synthesize synthesize our time today. So, yeah, I wrote. So I went to this uh, poetry night thing, and we wrote poetry. Poetry. And the slam. one thing that I wrote, I was reading back and thinking, like, this kind of serves. A good purpose of like encouragement of like like yes there's suffering but also there is hope and redemption so this is i don't know however you want to interpret it i'm just gonna read it real quick it's not super long what's it called it's called sincerely daughter Ooh. just so everyone knows carly is a very accomplished writer oh she's very gee, talented <laughs> i'm not i'm not guessing you up for nothing like i've mm. seen her work she's She's got the gift, but mm-hmm. tell us tell us about Sincerely Daughter. So hopefully this is some encouragement for you guys, but here we go. There must be somewhere beauty between. You've said this all along. You, me, beautifully made. Okay. If your love felt so great, then how much greater still is his? Magnified beyond compare, I am aware how overwhelmingly the joy becomes overtaking the sadness yet there you are beautiful thank you thank you father you have taught me well well farewell until the short minutes stop for me too until time freezes for all and the world's beauty true beauty is finally restored thank you father for saving me after all it was you who let me see the beauty between so that's a little wow, a little something oh there for wow. you to think about. <laughs> Literally, mic drop. Poetry slam. But don't drop the mic. It's expensive and sad. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And this is why I said she's a good writer. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that was powerful. That was powerful. There's a lot to unpack in there. Mm-hmm. Right. So, if you're listening on streaming services when this is when this comes out next Friday, uh, all of the episodes come out the following Friday after we air um, Spotify, Apple Music, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, feel free to listen to that again. That was mm. that was powerful. Um, that was by the Carly Weber. The oh yeah, Carly Weber. You can go buy my book. No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> no self promotion, Carly. It's against FCC regulations. Um, but no, I'm just kidding. But uh, no, I I think this was a great conversation today. I, I think we approached this from a sensitive lens, which is what we needed to do. Mm. Um, it's not easy. This was probably the hardest one we've had this semester. Definitely the toughest. Emotions were here. Emotions were here. Very present, flowing through the room. Yep, yep. 
So, coming up this week on Wednesday, what do we have, Josh? Oh, I completely forgot the upcoming events <laughs> earlier in the show. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, so this Wednesday, we're going bowling at Rocky Springs Ooh. Entertainment Center. Whoa. For our fellowship um, night. For our Rhodes Fellowship Night. Meet at the Hub at 6 o'clock. We'll have some free pizza and just hang out for a bit, and then we'll carpool over to Rocky Springs. Um, the following week, we're going to have an in-person discussion about faith's role in the LGBTQ plus community. That you is, don't want to miss it. That's going to be an interesting conversation. I believe we're partnering with uh, GSA. the GSA, the Gender and Sexuality Alliance at Millersville. Um, and we're just going to have a conversation about how faith plays a role in that community. Um, and ultimately, oh, I don't know what comes after that. But we'll, we'll say that next week. Yeah. But... I digress. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you, Carly, for being here. Yeah, thank, thank you, you for so inviting much. me. Yeah, I mean, this was, it was just amazing to hear you talk about this topic, talk about mm -hmm. your life experiences, your insight. Um, thank and you yeah. for bringing that open-minded, empathetic perspective. Thank you for bringing <laughs> that poetry. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I would like to, so I've got one last thing, right? I want to end with something that I think kind of ties everything with a nice little bow. Um, I'm using Carly's nice pocket Bible right now. It's oh, very yeah. cool ESV. This is not a paid advertisement, um, but <laughs> it's it's. Uh, I don't even think you know the brand, so I don't know the brand. Anyway, it's it's God, God brand, God <laughs> incorporated. Anyway, um, but it's in Colossians, right? Paul again, bringing Paul back. He's he's solid, but Paul was talking to the church in Colossium, and he said, now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I'm filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is the church. Um, that's Colossians 1.24. And I think it it illustrates. It illustrates what we talked about today. One last thing, really, really quick. Oh. We have some um, social media oh my gosh. going on. Yes, one of our community members, can I say her name? Sure. Elena, um, literally, she said uh, initially suffering weakened her, feeling so alone and like confused with the situation, right? Um, but over time, she, as she tried to make sense of the suffering and going through it, she got the answer and it strengthened her belief in overall spiritual experiences, right? Um, it Overall, the dependence and the presence of spirituality in every experience was strengthened through suffering. Hmm. Wow. Thank you, Elena. Thanks, Elena. Elena's our station manager at WIXQ. She's awesome. But yeah, so thank you for tuning in to Roads on the Air. We'll be back next week with our conversation about the origins of the oh, universe. Oh, gosh. That, don't that, miss that it. needs way more Fantastic than conversation. Um, thanks again to Tristan, who was before us for the Blame My Dad uh, music hours. And coming up, feel free to listen to Owen's show. Um, house party dj house party <laughs> and uh yeah we'll be back next week with roads on the air so see ya. see ya thank you for listening to this episode of roads on the air a discussion podcast live on 91.7 fm wixq the ville 
Radical, renowned, real college radio. It's been an honor having you along this journey, and we hope you'll tune in next week. You can also stream all these episodes by searching Roads on the Air on Spotify, Apple Music, or any streaming service if you missed it live. These conversations are designed to bring people closer together, create unity where there once was division, and we're grateful to all our listeners for being a part of that. Are you a student and want to get connected with Roads on Campus? Our meeting times during the semesters are Wednesdays at the Hub at 7 p.m. We serve free food every week and alternate between roundtable discussions on topics just like these and fellowship nights where we can go bowling, have a board game night, make crafts, watch movies, and more. In addition to our weekly meetings, you can also connect with us online in a variety of ways, and our Linktree gives you access to it all. Just go to linktree.com slash roadsmu, and you will be able to find our Instagram at muroads. Join our Get Involved page, become a member of our Discord server, Roads at MU, or even find out more information about the other faith and spirituality organizations at Millersville. Want another way to support this endeavor? During each week, go to our Instagram and feel free to like and comment on the post of that week's episode. Share your thoughts, what stood out to you, maybe ask a question or two and we might just read yours on air your community engagement means a lot to us and we can't do this without you i'm josh marzak i'm mark show and i'm jay handy tune in next week for the next exciting episode of roads on the air, air.